Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. This message is a very special message for Mother's Day. It's a sit-down panel with a few mothers and a son um, and Pastor Isaac interviewing and just having a discussion about motherhood and various uh, different situations, circumstances, and upbringings. Uh, This is a great message and you're going to enjoy this one. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Well, I want to wish all the mothers happy Mother's Day. Why don't we all stand up? The mothers. Give it up for the mothers. Thank you, thank you. You may sit down. You know, I'm so glad that I'm a mom of three. I have three wonderful boys, um, Omar, Isaiah, and Jacob. I also have two wonderful daughter-in-laws, Angie and Linda. And two sweet granddaughters, my Bella and Ileana, which we call her Ellie. I am so grateful, and it's so good to be in the house of the Lord celebrating with all of you. You know, very quickly, I'm just going to, I only have a few minutes. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. And as mothers, we need to make sure that our root systems of our lives go deep and are anchored strong and have a solid foundation. Amen. Our roots, our roots need to go deep into the living word of God because we will face drought in our lives. We will face hardships, trials, difficult situations, pandemics. And we don't want to be that tree that dies in the drought or falls over because of the storms of life. So we need to make our we need to make our roots grow stronger. And how do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. We need to reach deep. Say, reach deep. Reach deep into prayer, into the worship, into worship, into fellowship or community. And also the main thing is studying his word. We just had a women's conference and it was called Immerse. Immersing ourselves in the word of God. We need to go deep. And those that went, it was life-changing for them. You know, I recently saw a post uh, from a CDC. I know it was a joke. But it says, it recommends recommends wearing wearing a seatbelt even when we're outside the car. And I said, how ridiculous. But then you know what? I said, We better buckle up and hold on tight because we don't know what this world is going to throw at us. But we are resilient people. Amen. I looked up the word resilient and it said able to withstand and recover quickly from from a difficult condition. We bounce back. Especially when we're in the Lord, when we have God in our lives, he gives us the strength to go through the hardships of life. Many moms, when they closed down the schools, you took on the challenge. Whether you like it or not, ni modo. And you became a teacher overnight. Right? You did not have a break from your kids. You moms are awesome. And it pushed you to another level. It pushed you to another level. And you are shining. Great jobs, mom. And God has helped you to navigate through each storm. And I remember as a young girl, my mom enrolled us in a swim class with me and my sisters. And there I am in the, in the water, in the edge of the water, and the instructor inside the pool. And he told us to come swim to us, to come swim to him. And so we did, but me and my sister were, were not that tall. So all of us started swimming, and I started drowning And I looked around with the other girls. They were standing. But because me and my sister were not that tall, we started drowning and swallowing water in a panic. 
and I was drowning, but the instructor stretched out his arm and we just held on to it. Um, you know, I thought I was drowning. He wasn't going to let me drown, but he was just seeing how far I would go. And I keep getting texts here and messing me up. And, you know, the in life, our Heavenly Father is stretching out His arm. And we just have to hold on tight. We just have to hold on tight. This life is brutal. Amen. And I don't see how people without God can hold on. I'm so glad you're here with us. He is our rock. He is our strength. You know, when we, he comforts us when we're in despair and when we're hurting. The Father's hand is extended to you and I. And no matter what you have done in this life, he is ready to forgive you. Just remember to reach deep and hold on. Again, I want to thank all the mothers for coming. Happy Mother's Day. And enjoy the rest of this service. It's going to be good. Amen. I'm going to invite uh, some of our some of our mothers here to the uh, to the stage. We also have uh, Peter House, so Monique, uh, Beck, Becky, uh, Jeannie. If you guys would come come and meet me up here. Come on, let them know how much you love them. And uh, we, we, love, we, we love them so much, and uh, 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 each one of these ladies, and, uh, and Peter Howell is up here as well, but uh, each one of these, uh, <laughs> no, hey, come on. Uh, no, but each one of them, uh, we, we just cherish them. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're pivotal, uh, part, uh, p- part of this church, and we appreciate uh, their ministry. We appreciate what they do for each and every one of us. And so what we're going to do this morning is kind of let them share their story. And uh, we believe, and, and for the men and sons that are in the house, don't tune us out because I believe that their stories are going to minister. They're going to impact each and every one of us. And uh, Mother's Day is a very, very special day. Uh, I, I lost my mother, unfortunately, going on 10 years. And uh, there's not a day that I don't think about my mother. And so uh, um, we, we just, there's a special bond uh, to your mother. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, uh, let me rephrase that. I understand that there's a lot of different experiences that we all have with our mothers, regardless of any of those experiences, there is no connection uh, on this world uh, like that of a child to a mother. And so uh, all of our mothers, again, uh, we just can't honor you enough. We appreciate your sacrifice and all that you've done. But uh, we're going to uh, we're gonna let the, the, the panel here kind of share their story. And I'm going to start with uh, uh, with Peter and uh, Sister Jeannie Howell. And uh, m- many of you, uh, many of you know Jeannie Howell, and she's, uh, you're like a, you're like a mother to all of us, right? And uh, uh, when she speaks, uh, we listen and we move fast. And, uh, and so, uh, so we, we wanted them to share, uh, to share their story. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ask Peter if he would kind of tell us what your mom means to you and how she's impacted your life. Amen. Well, my mom's the world to me. So she's my, she's my everything. Well, Maui's, Maui's my everything, but now, but, but, um, my mom, uh, I, I love you so much, mom. I cherish you so much. You've been there for me through the good and bad times, and uh, you've always been on my side. And and you've you've never looked at me like uh, like like somebody that 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 was less important or somebody that was. Um, cast out or, or, or lost. You've always looked at me with potential. You've always looked at me with somebody who can be an overachiever. And you've always encouraged me just to keep moving forward. And I love you for that. Uh, my mom's a servant and uh, she's a blessing and, and she's always been there for me. Um, and, and my wife as well. And uh, uh, there's, no, there's no limit as to what she's done for me and, and my, my family and my brothers and sister who's also in the back as well. Uh, but um, one thing um, I can say, too, is, is my mom has always gone, gone out of her way for me. Um, even when I got married, she, uh, she, I don't even know how, but she was able to give us a blessing to have a wonderful wedding. And, and uh, there, there, there's no limit as to what she gave me and gives me every single day. So I love you, Mom. 
Isn't that the heart of a mother to find a way, right? Find a way to make it happen to to take care of their uh, take care of their kids. So, uh, Jeannie, again, we love we love you so much, and uh, I want to I want to uh, ask you to share kind of uh, your relationship with Peter uh, as he grew up. And I know that you were a, a team mom and, and supported uh, your kids through sports and all of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, share, share about that. Also share about, you know, uh, the, really a dark time in his life where, where you were there for him as well. Um, so maybe just kind of share, share all of that. Okay. First of all, my name is Jeannie. I'm not Peter's mom, but it's Jeannie. Everybody at the other churches who say, oh, there's Peter's mom. Oh, that's Peter's mom. But I do have a name and it's Jeannie. Thank you. <laughs> but just to let you guys know, um, Peter... Peter was a lovable, attractive, little, handsome little boy growing up. I have five kids, and he is my middle child. But um, he, um, it was just him in general. He used to keep the family together. He always uh, used to joke a lot. With his dad, dad used to be a joker, so they used to joke a lot, run around the house. Um, everybody loved him. At the park, I, I worked. I was at the San Gabriel Valley Junior All American Football Team from the time that he was five years old to the time thirteen. I was with the league for over twenty years. I was the president. I was the third vice president. I was the AD. I was the secretary. I was the snack manager. You name it, I was there. I was there to help out any of the kids. To this day, we still keep in contact with those kids. Peter had a lot of his friends. Growing up, uh, it was hard for me because I was at the park. All my kids were there. I had five kids going through the program. And then um, when I was busy at the snark board running around, I said, where's Peter? Where's Peter? And I said, oh, he's with the Azadis. Oh, he's with the Limones. Oh, he's with the Gutierrez's. Oh, he's with the Aguilar's. Peter was always around with everybody, and everybody that was with him loved him. He was such a lovable kid. He really was. From the time that he was 13, he was now at the bigger boys, now at the junior midget level, and they started to call him Coach Peter because the coach actually gave him the will and says, Peter, you do the place. Peter, you, you, you know, you, you got it. Do it. So he'd be the one that would be going in there and doing the plays. You'll see Peter tossing back and forth, walking, telling coach, coach, you got to do this. Coach, you got to do this. <laughs> Finally, I said, oh, Pete. But, yes, that was my son, Peter. Um, during junior high school, um, he was good. He loved to dance, by the way. Uh, one of the, he was a dancer. Uh, he, he was in uh, sports. He was uh, a boxer. He went into boxing. He was a bowler. He even went into golf, and he's, he's softball, so his dad had to get him special golf clubs because he wanted to make sure he played. Um, but he was good. Um, during the time, this is hard. During that time, after football and stuff, I was in and out. We lost my husband due to cancer. And it was a really hard time for all of us in our family because he was, he was our foundation of all our family, not only our family in general, but with my sisters, my mom, my brothers. He was my brother's best man. He was my... He, it was hard. During that time, my kids started noticing the change in Peter. Um, my daughter used to come and tell me what was going on and the way he was behaving. My sons used to warn me. But being a parent, you're in denial. You always are in denial. You said, not my son, not my little Peter. After all that he's been through and what he's doing, he's a good kid. I mean, we got to face it. The realization came when I got a call finally got a call from his supervisor. Nobody knows this. I think I talked to Pastor Isaac the other day. I got a call from his supervisor from his work. Peter was always good, knew his job, um, always dressed well. 
I was there to impress, you know, do his work, do his job. And then I get the call from his thing, and she says, Jeannie, can I talk to you on one-on-one? I said, yeah. She says, she said, first of all, let me know, let you know that I love Peter. And he's a good kid. He's a good gentleman. He says, but I see the signs of what's going on with him. She says, I'm not a Christian person. And my brother is, went through the same things, and I can see what Peter is doing. That's when I realized that it was no joke, that it's hard. You know, all of a sudden, he's a natic, and I don't even know what it is. I mean, I, none of my kids so did let me that. Just, let me just add right there. So um, during my, my, my time of my dad in cancer, even before that, I started messing around and, and uh, doing cocaine and speed and crystal meth. And um, it got a hold of me really bad. And uh, it changed my life. So I used to be friendly. Like my mom said, I was lovable. Everybody loved me. But, um, you know, one day I, I would be the best best guy, the, the, the one everybody loved. And the next day I would just be like, get away from me. Just pushed everybody away. I was in a very dark place. And uh, just that addiction just took me to the, to the ground. Uh, almost literally took my life, killed my life. So I was depressed. I, I didn't want anybody around me. I didn't care what people thought about me. And that's what that addiction does. So I pushed my family away. Um, I pushed everybody. Away. I didn't want to be around anybody. And, and my mom knows that, that that wasn't me. You know, as a kid growing up, I was a lovable kid, always wanting to be around people. But during my dark time, I, I was just addicted to crystal meth. And, and it was just me and the drug and nobody else. No one can get in my way. I was destructive. I didn't care what you thought about me. I would argue with you. I would get in your face. And it was just a a dark, dark time in my life. So just, just so you can get a better understanding of where my mom's coming from. So, so, uh, so Jeannie, if, if, if you could maybe talk to, maybe there's some, some parents out here that are, are going through that season even now where their children are, are struggling addiction or struggling with addiction. Um, what, what did you do in the, during that time? Believe me, I did a lot of praying. <laughs> I prayed. Um, being a Catholic, being a Catholic, we used to have a rosary. I prayed to work, from work, during work. Um, I just I said, dear God, please uh, help me. What, you know, all of a sudden, you're married. I would have been married 35 years at the time when he passed because I got married right out of high school. So all of a sudden, that gets wiped out from you. I mean, all of a sudden, you're a single mom. But you're adults. I mean, they're adult people, and you let them do what they need to do as adults. So it was really hard, really hard for me when he went through all this. And uh, I started praying. People from work prayed with me. Um, and then what it brought everything back to normal is our neighbor across the street, Pastor Joel. He was Joel at the time. He was my neighbor. I kind of was leery about him at first because, you know, <laughs> I wasn't sure. But then he started picking up Peter, taking him to church, and he got involved. He got involved with the church. And I let him, you know, whatever. I said, Peter, I can see the transformation happening. And then um, he asked me, he says, Mom, I said, um, would it be okay if I had Bible studies in, my cl- in the house? And guess what? He brought the kids over. He was starting ministering. Believe it or not, I used to be in the next room. My, my sister-in-law would be in the next room. We'd be listening to his sermons. We'd be listening to the worship. We started, you know, not, he didn't know because I was in the other room. I'd let him go. You do, you do, your house is mine. You, you do whatever you want to. So he would always be with the kids. And that's when it started. It really did. And then... Of course, my love of my life, my great daughter-in-law, Maui, came in. Maui, I love you, mija. If it wasn't for you, I don't know where you would be. I have three amazing grandkids from you. I have my little Gavin, my Jordy, and my Haley. They're my world. That's my blessing. And I love you, and I love my son very much. All right. If I could just... If I can just add, um, uh, my mom never confronted me. 
Um, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it was something that I, I just needed to go through and find out on my own. But she always loved me during that time. And I don't think she ever listened to anybody who would talk negative about me and tell her uh, what I was going through. Um, she, like she said, she didn't want to believe it. She was in denial. Um, but yet my neighbor came and invited me to church. I walked into Praise Chapel and God's changed my life. I'm saved 11 years now, sober, beautiful wife, three kids. But my mom always encouraged me. So when I started going to church, she, she encouraged me to keep on going as well. So uh, she came to church and, and was, was coming to encourage me. And God touched her. And look at her now. You know, now she's, she's over here. She used to serve, she used to serve the park for, for 20, 20 years. And now she's here serving God in the church. Amen. Isn't she's that awesome? You know, I, I say this all the time, uh, the, the power of a praying mom. I'm a product of the, uh, of the power of a praying mom. And, uh, and so, uh, Jeannie, we, we, uh, we love you. We, we appreciate you um, uh, in, in all that you do. Now, we do know this, Jeannie, that Peter is not the favorite son, okay? So, so just so, just so we're, Peter is not the favorite son. It's, who is it? Is it, is it? No. no it's no, Billy. No. Billy is the favorite son. So just so everyone kids? knows. But, no. but, uh. I know you do. I know you do. We we love you, Jeannie. And, and why don't you guys why don't you guys let Jeannie and Peter know how much you love you guys? Stay, stay with us. But we appreciate you guys sharing our, sharing your story. And, and again, we believe that it's, it it touches it, it resonates with some of us that are that are out there. Uh, next, we're going to talk uh, to. And I'm sorry. One last thing is uh, Peter's full story is uh, is on our website under our My Story series. And so if you've not seen that, I encourage you to go to our website under the My Story and you can watch his, his entire testimony. But we're just, we celebrate what God has done in his life and in his family. So uh, next we have uh, Becky Isabel. Did I, did I pronounce that right? Isabel, yes. Uh, Becky Isabel. And uh, uh, Be- Becky, is, Becky is an awesome, awesome woman. Uh, she uh, uh, she leads a, a, one of our prayer, uh, one, one of our women prayer meetings, um, and so she ministers. And, and uh, uh, we're just celebrating what God has done in her life. Her and her and Gabriel. Gabriel's awesome. Uh, and so uh, so uh, Becky's uh, Becky's uh, um, motherhood and really journey of motherhood is untraditional. And so Becky, w- would you kind of share about uh, your your experience as a a foster parent, as a guardian, and all of that. So, um, like Pastor Isaac said, my story is a bit different. Um, growing up, being a mom wasn't only something that I desired to be. It was something that my family did. I come from a huge family. So, when I married my husband that night, I said, okay, come on. We're going to start to have kids. <laughs> I, I didn't give him any time, right? <laughs> so, three years later, we ended up going to a fertility specialist and finding out that we, we weren't going to be able to have children biologically. But I'm going to tell you that what seemed like a tragedy at that time ended up being one of the biggest blessings of my life. What the Bible says about God turning the bad around for the good of those who love him is absolutely true. Because if I could go back and change my story, I would not change a thing about it. It made me who I am and it brought me where I am. And it gave me six blessings that came through my home. So I went through a little bit of depression, not being able to have my own kids. I went through feelings of what's wrong with me? Um, I had people close to me tell me, God doesn't love you. That's why you can't have kids. So I went through this, I went through this identity crisis of, does God really love me? You know, why can't I have kids? I've, I've been a good person in my eyes, right? But now I know that that was God's will for me because my heart to be a mother allowed me to be the mother that I was to those kids in that season. So when those kids came, um, probably it was not a long time, maybe three weeks after finding out we had, couldn't have kids, I got a random phone call asking me if I would take a seven-year-old little girl. (laughs) And so I hung up and I said, let us think about it. Two seconds later, my husband said, call him back and tell him, yes, we'll take her. So she moved in. About six months later, her biological family, unfortunately, ended up wanting her back and they took her from us, which was devastating because we couldn't have kids and then we had a kid and now we didn't have any kids again. So you get used to being that role of mom and taking kids to daycare and doing things and then they're just automatically gone and the house is empty again. So that went into a little bit of more depression and at the time my husband was battling his addiction so it was kind of lonely. So after that we got another phone call and my niece got to come and stay with us and she was six days old. So when she was, I got to be mom again for that time which was a blessing. And then when she was 11 months old, 
we got another phone call and we got my husband's niece and um, cousins when they were five and six. So we went from none to one to none to one to three. <laughs> and then the baby left and she got to be reunified with her mom, which is a huge blessing. And then that was 14 months. So the other kids stayed for a year. We started the adoption process and we were one court hearing away from being finalized with those two. And their biological dad came and he wanted his turn to get them. So they, they went back into foster care and with the understanding that if his dad didn't do what they were supposed to, they were gonna come home and we were gonna finish our adoption, which it didn't work out that way. I didn't understand then, but I understand now that that was God's will for us because being where my marriage was at the time, it wouldn't have been a healthy home either for them. I was single parenting anyway. So it was God's, it was God's design that they take them from us so we can do what we needed to do. So after they left, um, we ended up going on vacation with my husband's uncle and we had Matthew. They, he was staying with them. So at the end of the trip, which was two days, he's like, can I go home with them? And the uncle was like, well, yeah, you have to go home with them. They, you came here in their car. And he's like, no, can I just go live with them? <laughs> so after two days of being with him, we now got an eight-year-old. And so now we had our son, which we didn't end up adopting. His adoption was just finalized two years ago in April. And then this May, um, we were supposed to be on a plane to Mexico. COVID canceled my trip. But it brought me a baby because the day my plane was supposed to leave, I got a phone call to take another baby. <laughs> and he was three days old. And he's with us now. He's going to be going to be reunified with his parents in July. And it was, it, it's been such a blessing to be a part of their lives because our, our homes didn't just grow by, our home just didn't grow by the baby. We now have extended family that we call ours, you know? We're one unconventional family and God used us exactly how he wanted to and I wouldn't trade any of it. Now I'm a grandma. I have a two-year-old granddaughter here in the church and four of our kids out of the six are here in church today. <laughs> So, um, so uh, as, as briefly as you can, why, why don't you, for, for you, define motherhood? What does motherhood mean to you? To me, motherhood is just unconditional love. And I look at Jesus and I say, you know, being a Christian is not about doing what's right. It's a, I mean, it's not about doing what's easy. It's about doing what's right. And if he has to break your heart to use it, just let him break your heart because his heart broke on the cross for us. So being a mother is just showing that same unconditional love that he showed for us. That's powerful. Uh, last thing, if, if you can, minister to, to some of the ladies that are out there uh, today that are uh, struggling, either whether, whether it's uh, dealing with infertility mm -hmm. or whatever situation that, that, that has, uh, that, that's caused either a delay or an obstruction in, in being, uh, being pregnant, what, what, what would you say to them? I would say, remember what Pastor Omar said, that a delay is not always a no. And that sometimes your blessings don't come the way you think they're going to come, but they're still going to come if you follow him, trust in him, and wait in his timing. You know, uh, one of the things as uh, Becky and I were talking, we, we talked for about 20, 30 minutes uh, about her story. And one of the things that she said that was just so powerful to me was that uh, uh, had she gotten what she prayed for, she prayed for her children, she prayed for a family and all that. Had she gotten that, had God uh, um, uh, given her the desires of her heart and, and her prayer, answered her prayer the way that she wanted to, she would not have been able to help all of these different families and all of these different children. And so I just thought that was awesome perspective uh, that, that you shared. And so we appreciate, uh, we appreciate and we celebrate what God is doing in, in your life. And uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing to hear about the story of restoration. And she was just talking about Malachi, little Malachi, and uh, he'll be, he'll be uh, 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 th there's a relationship that's already being restored. And formally, they'll go back to, uh, to the parents and the parents, uh, 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 Raul, Melinda, we love them so much. And we love to see what God is doing. 
uh, in their lives. And I, I want to tell you that God is still in the restoration business. God can restore lives. God can restore families. And uh, uh, it's just amazing to see that. It's amazing to see what God is doing in, in, in your life. I, I do want to I, I uh, say this, and this is something that kind of jumped out to me as we were talking, is that uh, obviously Becky, uh, Becky desired to be a mother. But what I thought was really interesting and really cool uh, was that Gabriel was the one that consistently said yes. And Gabriel was the one that consistently, if, if you know uh, some, of the, some of the stories, consistently went and uh, made himself available. And I, I say he's, he's, that, that he's a champion for that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, there's Malachi in the, right there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, next, we, we have uh, Monique Robles. And uh, we, we all love Monique, and Monique is a, a dear friend, her and Victor, and their family, dear friend of me and my wife, and uh, we've been able to spend some time and, and hang out. Uh, but Monique, uh, I've, I've asked Monique to kind of share um, kind of share her story, and there's kind of uh, a lot of different things that we'll be talking about tonight with, with Monique. But uh, the first thing, the first question is, uh, what does motherhood mean to you? Um, it's a privilege, for one, and second, it's a gift. Um, I have friends that, you know, can't bear their own children. Um, I, my biological mom is not a part of my life or, you know, there's complications. Um, and it, that's what, it, two main things is that it's a privilege and it's a gift. Um, my third, I have three kids and the third one, it took five years to have. Um, and with my, um, being that I was raised with, by my stepdad, my, my stepmom and my dad, um, it's just, it's just so amazing to see that, um, that, um, the relationship that I had with my dad as growing up was kind of like <laughs> the best way that I can describe it was like military style. Like we never had like a conversation. It was always like eight o'clock. Like we already knew we had to go to bed. Like there was no relationship, you know, it was just, we just do what we got to do and that's it. And, um, now and just and I thank God for that I really do because now when I look back I'm like wow you know like that's amazing but what I took from that I is um just the respect the discipline um that he showed me and also um now looking and I'm just like oh my gosh like now me and my dad have this like relationship that's just like my goodness like a kind of like a friend kind of relationship you know like it's just, um, it's just amazing. And, um, with, with my stepmom too, it's just, wow. Like, it's just such a gift, you know? And I, and I think like, that's, that's a bonus. That's a bonus mom for me. You know, it, it really is. And I don't say stepmom, I say mom. And then sometimes I say stepmom because people are looking at me like, what? Like I thought, you know, and I'm just like, oh, this is confusing, you know? Um, but yeah, that's what it is to me. A gift being selfless, um, putting, um, yourself last, putting yourself last, um, serving, you know, your family first, your kids, um, <laughs> putting the car, the, putting the econ off <laughs> when you're late to school. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just doing what you got to do for your kids. You know what I mean? Um, and just sometimes like my nail, <laughs> I don't have a nail. <laughs> I couldn't finish, you know, it's like, that's what it's about to me. And it doesn't bother me, you know, it's just, you got to keep going, you know, it's, it's, you got to keep going. And, um, I've learned to, to also take care of myself, you know, that's what I've learned. So, yeah. So I, I, I thought it was really interesting. We'll talk about the kids and, and, and the family, uh, next, but I thought it was interesting as I was talking to Monique and, uh, um, I would encourage you to get to know your brothers and your sisters here in the church, get to know their story. But one of the things that I, that I pulled out, she just, she just talked about growing up, uh, she was really raised by her father mostly, and uh, uh, David's here. I thought I saw him, but uh, but uh, I, I want to say something to those single parents out there that are uh, that are fulfilling both roles. Uh, and I just want to celebrate you guys and, and let you know how much we appreciate you, uh, you know, filling the gap and uh, uh, and and take in filling the, that role for your life and how that impacted you and made you uh, made you who you are today, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us about uh, about the kids we talked about? You know, Alyssa is your oldest, and and, and the kids as they uh, as they were all born, and how they're they're different personalities, and how each each one of them are really kind of a blessing, mm -hmm. you know, in your life in a different way. Um, so why don't we go all the way up to uh, to uh, to Gracie, 
and uh, and we'll talk about your diagnosis and what life looks like today. Okay, so um, Alyssa, she's uh, 19. I had her when I was 19 years old, and at the time, obviously, I mean, I knew, I knew, we knew what we were doing. You know, it wasn't pl- she wasn't planned, um, but she is a blessing. She's a second mom. I mean, God knew, and you know, I before that, I desired to have. I have um, three sisters. Um, and so I desired a relationship with them. I desired that obviously with my mom and, um, it's crazy because I already knew with my soul, like I just felt God tell me, look, tell me that I was going to have just girls. I already knew it. I knew it. And so sure enough, I have three girls and Alyssa, she's just, she's a blessing. She's a, a second mom. I mean, she, she just picks up what, what I leave. You know what I'm saying? Like she's just, um, when I, she can finish my sentences, you know, she's, takes care of her sisters, she just, without complaint, with no complaint, Alyssa, I don't even have to worry about her, even since she was, she was little growing up, I had no worries, I didn't, I didn't have to look, look, um, keep an eye on her, because she basically took care of herself, did what she had to do, um, and still to this day, um, Bella, Bella's 13. Um, Bella's the thorn on my side. <laughs> she's awesome. Yes, but she's middle child and I'm a middle child. So I, I have lots of, um, I, I sympathize with her. I'm sensitive and she's, she's, she's my girl. Like she's my defender. Um, she really is. And um, she, she makes, she, she really, she, she takes a lot out of me, but then she gives back, you know what I mean? And um, she's, she's just so awesome. And when I actually, real quick, when she, when I did get, when I was diagnosed, um, when we told our kids, she was the one that reminded me and she just stood up and she's like, no, mm -mm. remember, remember Job, you know, remember Job. And then I was like, wow, like she just like blew me away. So that's what I mean by my defender. You know what I mean? Like God is my source, but she's a, my voice of reason. She's the one that brings back the word. She's the, she's the one that brings back the scripture, you know? Um, and she kind of just blows my mind because sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, whoa, you know? And so then Gracie, um, Gracie is, uh, she, she's uh, an answered prayer. She really is. Um, she's an answered prayer. She's two years old. Um, we tried for five years to have to have another baby and nothing happened. I was in a depression. Uh, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Um, I would buy these uh, pregnancy tests um, at my job because I got a discount. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep on buying them, you know, because they're expensive. Um, and I would, I would, I would um, do, you know, take the pregnancy test when nobody knew. Um, and I, it was, felt like hours. It felt really like hours just waiting there and waiting and waiting. And then when I would like, when I would see that it was a negative, I would just like, dang, you know, and I just keep it to myself. I held it in. Um, and then I just come, keep coming to church. I, I just kept coming. I kept doing what I had to do, you know, and then the messages, the just words, phrases that our pastors would say, and just like, okay. And my friends would tell me it would just stay here. You know, I didn't isolate myself. I didn't, it was just, God had a hold of me and I refused to decline. Um, I, I knew God had a plan. And so when I just finally let it go is when it happened. And it was so, so ironic. Like it was so crazy because I asked God, you know, take it away. I, I don't want to be depressed because my whole focus was that just having a kid, you know? And then I was also like, God, I don't want to be selfish. You know, I already have two kids and here are my friends that can't even have kids. You know, what's wrong with me? But God already knew what was going to happen right in the future. You know, why I needed, you know, Gracie and for such a time as this, you know, and sure enough, I let it go. I surrendered and I saved one test and I said, okay, God, I'm going to listen and I'm going to save it. And I put it um, under the sink where I can't find it, where I can't reach for it. And nobody, I don't even think my family knew that, you know? Um, uh, and then we planned this big old thing for Alyssa's uh, Sweet 16. Um, we went to Disneyland um, and I just felt really sick. I had no idea. I just thought I was getting a cold. Um, and it was, I felt so bad because she kind of like, God, you know, I thought we were going to have more fun, you know? And I'm just like, dang, I was trying to hold it together, hold it together. And I did, but I was just not feeling well. So when I got home, I felt prompted. I just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. Like, okay, now. And I was like, what? (laughs) What's going on? Now? I can't do it now. Like, no way. And so I was like, gosh, everybody's like scattered around the house. It's time for for bed, you know? And the kids are getting ready for bed. And um, we usually would, we started 
we would pray in, a, in Bella's room together. And so when we, um, I tried to, Alyssa was already in Bella's room waiting for us. Uh, Victor was in our room getting, getting ready to go to bed. And I'm just like, how am I going to get them together? God, what do I do? Like, I'm in a panic. And it, all this inside, like, I'm not speaking. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, what do I do? And so um, I just, uh, Isabella had a, had a difficult time with anxiety. Like, she was just real, real, um, real bad with anxiety. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so bad. But that's the only way I could get everybody in one room in one place. And I said, oh, my gosh. I went to their room, and I said, what does Bella have on her face? What is that? And so she's like, oh my God, what's on my face? Oh my God, what's going on? And then Alyssa's like looking at her like, what are you talking about? But she kept her, she kept focus on Bella looking at what am I talking about? So right away I'm like, Victor, come, come. And so he's taking his time and I'm like, oh my God, come. She has something on her face. And poor Bella was just so like, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, like anxiety is kicking back in, you know? And I'm like, what am I doing? And so then he finally comes in and they're all, both of them are just looking at um, Bella, you know, like, what the heck is she talking about? And so I go and I run to get the test and I come and I had no, not, I had no words. Like, and before that, you know, you plan this big old thing, right? I just want to have a gender reveal. And I was plotting in my head before. So God's like, what are you doing? That's not important, you know? And so it didn't go as planned, obviously. And so when I grabbed the test, I just, I just said, look like and then just look at me like what are you doing and I'm like oh my god you don't know what this is and I'm just like oh I'm pregnant and then they just looked at me and then Bella just like covered her face and she just started crying like just crying and then um Alyssa looked and so so what one of the things too that I think is important part of the story is that uh, the entire family was praying yes. that you got, that you would be yes. pregnant again, that you'd have another baby, yes. and it was five five years yes. that you guys were praying, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, 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 you just said it. Uh, uh, Pastor Omar says this often: is that delay is not denial, mm-hmm. and so the family was praying together, and I, I think it was even during a prayer and fast time right. where God uh, where God uh, spoke to you. But all that happened uh, that all that happened, and I think it's important to understand that the family was praying uh, together for. Uh, for them to have um, to be to be pregnant again, mm-hmm. and so now here's Gracie, yeah. uh, and so now the family is complete. And so, why don't you talk to us just real real quick as as uh, as we're kind of wrapping up? Yeah. Uh, talk to us about your current your current diagnosis, treatment, and being mom through all of that as well. Okay, so current diagnosis right now is I'm at stage four uh, cancer, bone cancer. It's metastatic cancer to the bone and to the lip nodes. So when it, cancer hits your bone, they call it stage four. Um, so I'm um, on a hormonal therapy. Um, and um, hormonal therapy, there's two chemo pills. Um, and so um, it, there's side effects and all that good stuff. Um, uh, they're basically they're telling me that it's preventative. Uh, I think it's uh, oh, preserving my life. So basically, in a nice way of saying that you're dying. Um, and I'm also taking Zomita infusion is for my bones to strengthen my bones. Um, and um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. And so that's that's my current uh, diagnosis. Um, and um, when I got diagnosed, um, and this is I speak for myself. Um, when I was diagnosed, it wasn't a devastation, okay? It was not a devastation. And I know to lots of women it is, and to me it wasn't because I have God, you know? So if I have God, and you know, and I remember what the Bible says, and I carry that with me, that, you know, that you're not going to walk this world without going through trials, tribulations. You're not going to, it's not going to be easy, you know? And that's the best way that I could describe it to you. That And yeah, is it is it scary? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it's not when you have God, when you have the word, when you're planted, when you're rooted, when you keep on going, you know what I'm saying? When you don't give up. And so when I was diagnosed, I remember me and Victor sitting down in this like cottage. Well, when I was diagnosed, I already knew it. I, I knew it. Like I just, I, I felt like I was challenged. You know, I was, it was, and the story that, that um, God gave me was of David and Goliath. You know, it was just the enemy waging war on me. And I was like, um, so I'm like, it's like, you know, when you dare somebody, I was like, heck no, like, no, don't, don't, you know what I mean? Cause I was like, no, I'm going to stand on my feet and I can't, you know, I'm a mom. Like, and that's, a, that's also what came to my mind was like, okay, God's doing something. Like, God didn't do this to me, but I know he's doing something. He's going to do something through this. You know what I'm saying? And through my kids, it was not only for me. This is not just for me. It's for my whole family. And you see transformation. 
um, and when I got diagnosed, I had it was I was alone in the room, and but I felt like God, the Holy Spirit, was with me because I remember being diagnosed. This lady, I was like, "You are the." devil like I couldn't even talk and I felt like God held my tongue because I just looked at her because she told me that it was bad luck and she didn't only tell me once she told me twice that it's bad luck and I was like because I, I researched it but then she I asked her like why you know why how do you know you know how do you know this is cancer and she's like oh, if you want my honest opinion it's because um, um I think it's I think it's bad luck and yes you do have cancer and she said it twice so at that point I was like I couldn't talk and I knew God held my tongue because I, I probably would have just went off on her, you know? And that's not who I am. I don't, I, that's not who I am anymore, you know? And so when she, uh, so um, going through all of that and talking to Victor, we, uh, we went outside, we sat, we talked, and we came up with a plan. It was not like, okay, let's go home. Let's, let's talk about it. What are we going to, no, it's, let's go. Life, life has to keep on moving. Um, we are not, of the world our mindsets are different god changed us we were baptized you know we have we plead the blood of jesus over our life and we speak to people so if we live in that there's no way that i can get through it anything you know what i'm saying so uh, we came up with a plan yes we cried and that was it that was it you know and, and there's people that tell me like and they would say and i don't correct them um they'll say like oh i know you have your bad days and i've heard that several times like i know you have your bad days honestly i don't I don't. It's a regular mom bad day. Like, you know, you're just, that's it. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, ha I remember I shared with Pastor Isaac, like, uh, you know, if somebody told me today and asked me, like, if you could, if you could uh, give it back, if you could give cancer back, you know, with no strings attached, would you? And nope, I wouldn't. I would not take it back because I got to tell you, and I've said it several times too, that cancer did me a favor. I thought it was going to come against me. I thought it was going to bring me down. It actually did me a favor because I, so much has happened. Um, just moving not only myself, but my family here in this church. Um, just them still using me um, here in this church and, and believing with me. You know what I mean? They're believing with me and they're not against me. Yes, I God will did separate me from there's from family, from friends that knew that they weren't gonna stand with me, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, I wasn't bitter. I wasn't any, you know, nothing like that that nobody called me or some family members. I was not bitter at all. I just knew that God was doing something. He will remove you for a moment, you know, so you could get rooted and be around the people that are gonna um, push you you know and, and and the faith right and uh, instill that and um and that's where that's where um we're at right now and I remember um uh in the ministry our team they're like okay so we're not gonna give you too much you know just we know what's going on I'm like no like give it to me like give me you know and it's funny because during treatment during treatment I was um I was with the kid with the children's church I was with the children's church, and you know, they tell you, stay away, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. I'm going to tell you, like, all the whole paperwork, and I respect doctors, I really do. God put them here for a reason, you know, but I don't listen to everything that they say, you know what I mean? I listen to what God tells me. And um, they gave me this stack of papers, and I just threw them, like, mm, I just put them away, you know, and... I, I can't, because I, if I would have listened to them and not listened to, you know what I'm saying, because they're, 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 they have degrees, right? They, they, they take care of you, they... They fix you. They, you know what I'm saying? But God is our healer, you know, and I know that, and God speaks, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. And, and uh, you know, uh, for the sake of time, we're, we're going to wrap it right there. But um, just a powerful story. And uh, I, I encourage you, if you're sitting here uh, today, uh, come back for our second service, and you'll be able to hear just a little bit more of, uh, of, of these stories. But uh, why don't we let them know uh, how much we love them and how much we appreciate them. Uh, you guys are welcome to, to, to go down and... Uh, we, we just love you guys so much. And, and again, we appreciate all of the mothers that are, that are here, uh, that are here this morning. Pastor Omar is going to come up and, uh, he's going to pray a blessing and, and kind of just, uh, wrap this up here. Give Pastor Omar a big hand. Praise the Lord. How many enjoyed that this morning? Isn't that powerful? Stay with me for just a minute here. We're going to pray in just a moment. And, uh, I appreciate all of you being here and, and again, all the mothers and, uh, the testimonies of what a mom does, and it's so powerful. I want to read you a scripture here. You may have heard the scripture before. It's in Isaiah chapter 49. It says, Never can a mother forget her nursing child. 
can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I will not forget you. That's what God's saying. The Bible puts the love of a mother and the love of God in direct comparison. And we know that the love of, mo of a mother is so strong, but the love of God is so much more stronger. And I just appreciate all the moms. I appreciate every mother in the house. But we can't go on without honoring the most love that we've ever received, and that's God's love. We just bow your head with me and close your eyes for just a moment. Before we go on, if you're in this house today, if you're in this room, maybe somebody brought you, maybe it's your first time here, I want to share with you today, although it's Mother's Day, and we talked about we're honoring all the mothers here, we're also honoring God. Because if it wasn't for his love, we wouldn't be here. And we don't want you to leave this house or leave this room here today, the house of God, without receiving God's love in your life. Because he loves you and wants to change your life. You've heard testimonies of here, of people who went through a lot of battles in their life and a lot of turmoil, and yet it was God that turned things around for them. It was God that's the answer today, and God's the answer for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, again, he loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so there's a God in heaven that loves you and wants to save your soul today. And so if you're in this room right now, you say, you know, Pastor, I need God's love in my life. I need, I need God to save my soul. Whether you're a man or woman, doesn't matter. You need Jesus in your life. You need the Lord in your life right now. And you say, Pastor, that's me. We just raise your hand. Is there anyone here before we change the orders? There said, I need the Lord. Back over here. God bless you. Who else? Anybody else this morning? You need the, lo the Lord in your life right now. Just raise your hand. Somebody else? Somewhere else? Somewhere? Back there. God bless you. Help me out. Anybody else this morning? You need the Lord in your life right now. We, just, we don't want you to leave this place the same way you came. Praise the Lord. You need the Lord in your life. Maybe you were once serving God, but you're away from God today. You can't run from God's love. You can run and run, but I'll tell you what, you won't get very far. He's reaching out to you today. God's love is reaching out to you even right now in this room. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.